What's up, sports fans? It's Kaylee Mizell. This is Miked Up, and it is the All-Star break, so you might be wondering, what is Kaylee going to be talking about, and who's she talking to? And I will answer those questions for you. Doug Wechter is my guest this week. He's the first repeat guest that we're having, and we are talking Shane McClanahan, the All-Star game uh, we talked a little bit before Shane was officially named the starter. So obviously making a big case for Shane McClanahan getting his due and being named the starter of the All-Star game, which he did. And as you listen, you will understand why, uh, what makes Shane so special, uh, especially as such a young player in his career we also talk a little bit about the Rays draft Doug's draft story we get into some movie talk and more so it is a action-packed and a fun episode and it is right here Doug thank you so much for coming on I think you're my first repeat guest on yeah on mic'd up oh look at you I've got my own little coffee as well um (laughs) because we are recording this in the morning and my baby didn't sleep last night, so that's fun. Um, but uh, getting into uh, into the Rays and some fun stuff. So we have uh, a few days off of Rays baseball. Pretty sad. However, we do get to see Shane McClanahan, the best pitcher in Major League Baseball right now pitch in the all-star game and I'm making that case and Doug I think that you're going to have uh probably a little bit more of the analysis to back that up why is Shane McClanahan the best pitcher in baseball right now well I I mean first of all you got to look at what he's putting up stat wise if you want to just go by the numbers it's really hard to even argue that you know he's not put together the best first half of a season in franchise history for the Tampa Bay Rays uh, he's gone out there. He's leading the league in ERA. He's leading the league in strikeouts. He's leading the league in whip, which is walks and hits per innings pitch. So he's just not allowing anybody on base. And he's doing it with elite command. Uh, he's doing it with four pitches. And he's also doing it in his first full season as a major leaguer, if you can believe that. That's the craziest part to me. Uh, when Shane came up last year, he basically you know, stepped into a role to where he was pitching in the staff and Tyler Glass, now the ace of the staff, goes down. He he gets injured and somebody else has to step up into that role. Well, Shane McClanahan was the guy. He stepped up into that role um, early in his career and kind of take the reins of being the number one starter. And from then on, you you just see this kid maturing at a a level that I've never seen before at the major leagues. Uh, typically it takes a guy to going in there and, and taking a few years before he's very comfortable with his surroundings, comfortable with throwing against other teams, number ones, uh, and, and really comfortable with the success. I mean, it takes a while to understand and, and be ready for all this stuff uh, for uh, most people, but not for Shane. Shane goes out there and he just immediately inserts himself into the rotation, into the number one spot. He is the number one pitcher in the league. Analytically, it's off the charts. Um, and then you just, you, you know, you look to see what he's done record-wise. He's got 10 wins on the season. He's on pace for around a 21 season. Um, there's just so many reasons to look at him and say he should be the starter in the All-Star game. 
Um, but we all know, you know, that decision, you know, is, isn't just up to the numbers, right? It, it has to do with uh, the national following. There's Shohei Otani is up for that role, who's been pitching well, extremely well himself. Um, Shohei's gone out there and, and really been dominant here lately. So, you know, he has the potential to start that game as well. Um, I think me and you are just a little biased. We want to see Shane on that mound to start the first inning. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, the maturity, like what you were saying, that he shows and the command that he shows on the mound is incredible, especially considering his age and his like actual maturity level. But he but he just is like so beyond his years in the way that he is able to go out there and take care of business. And he is a very like all business kind of guy. You talk to him before a game. Well, we don't really talk to him before games, but the day before. Yeah, you don't want to talk to him before games. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. You talk to him after. He's still very serious. I mean, he's just a, he takes this job very, very seriously. Um, but I think that's why he, he has a lot of success. Um, he, you know, you get different guys, you know, like some pitchers can be like a little bit more goofy and fun. Um, but he is just a, like he's kind of a bulldog kind of guy. Like he just he takes it super serious. Um, how, how much do you think that that has attributed to the fact that he is able to find such success early in his career? Just that maturity piece. You know, I think it goes back to him understanding and realizing how good he can be. You know, a lot of guys don't understand their potential or don't have the self-belief in their you know, ability to get to that potential. And, you know, Shane, he absolutely has both. Um, between the ears, he's, he's one of the best I've seen at the major league level in a long time. And it's the confidence factor. Um, it's the ability to take information from his pitching coach, Kyle Snyder, who's one of the best in the leagues, if not the best, uh, and, and really transfer that information into, you know, success on the mound. Um, I think that really helps him as well. He's very intelligent when you talk to him uh, about, you know, how hitters, you know, or what hitters are looking for, how to set up hitters. He understands the game on another level. He's not just out there throwing. And, you know, that all speaks to his maturity level. It all speaks to his intelligence on the field. It all speaks to, you know, how serious he is between the lines, right? Uh, you said it. I, I think intense would be another word for it. When he goes in between the lines, he's very intense, and that's what you want from a top-of-the-rotation guy. Um, you look at other guys like Max Scherzer, you, you, uh, Jacob deGrom. They're very serious when they get between the lines, and, you know, you don't want to knock them out of their game that way. You want to let them do their thing and, and really let them focus in on what they need to do. Um, and then outside the line, Shane does like to have fun, of course. You know, after the games, in between starts, he's always messing around with his buddies and, you know, in the clubhouse, in the dugout. You see him laughing a lot. Um, but when it's game day, it, it just – you know, hold back and let him do his thing because he's getting ready to dominate. Yeah. It, so take me through why his pitches are so successful. Like why this pitch mix, why this for, you know, obviously like the, the more pitches you have, the, the more you can catch hitters off guard. And that is, is just going to make a pitcher more successful, but the way that he's able to locate and command those pitches, it really is very incredible. Yeah, it is. It, it, let's start with that, right? You, you said it perfectly. The location and command of his pitches are the reason he's a Cy Young candidate. He has four plus pitches and four pitches that would match up with anybody. But if you're not able to locate those or command those, then he wouldn't be at the top of the rotation. 
the reason he is you know talked about as being a starter in the all-star game is because he just flat out commands the zone um he goes out there and i think he only has 19 walks uh this season which is incredible when you think about the fact that he's struck out over 140 guys on average he strikes out 7.7 batters to every one walk he issues meaning that he'll go you know, a whole game, a lot of times and not even issue a walk. It's incredible the way he commands his stuff. Now, if you want to get into his stuff, he has four pitches that are elite. Fastball bumps 95 to 99, 100 miles an hour at times, high spin rate. So he can throw it up in the zone. And again, he commands that pitch very well. So he can use that as a weapon anytime. Um, the slider behind it. We saw the slider last year really come on strong. Uh, that was the pitch last year he developed and, and really helped him you know, get batters off that fastball. A lot of times with a, a young pitcher who throws that hard, uh, they're going to rely on the fastball a little bit more and not as much on the secondary pitches. But with that slider development last year, he was able to throw that for strikes and get everybody off the fastball. Uh, so that was a great pitch. He can strike people out with that one. Uh, the curveball has great depth to it. Top to bottom movement, uh, plus pitch, plus strikeout potential. You know, a lot of swing and misses on this pitch. He can strike anybody out at any point in time, throw it to right-handers or left-handers. Uh, so that's a great pitch. And then, you know, the one that I think changed him going into this season is the changeup. Uh, he really focused on the changeup going into spring training, knowing that he had a lot of success last year, but he wants to get better every season. That's just the type of guy he is. Well, the development of the changeup has come on strong. And that is, I mean, absolutely elite. It has you know, two-plane movement, meaning uh, as a left-hander, it'll run arm side, and it'll also have depth to it, vertical top-to-bottom movement. Uh, he throws it for strikes, um, and, and he, he throws it at any point in time. If he's behind in the count, you know, 1-0, he can throw a changeup in there when hitters are thinking fastball, and he gets a quick out. So the ability to command all four of those pitches is, is unbelievable. Um, if you really want to get deep into it, I can get kind of nerdish deep here uh, and go even more analytical on you when when Let's he throws. He's not yeah. Throwing, yeah, he's not just throwing. Also, one thing I love about him, um, and we don't talk about this a lot, is something called extension rate. When he throws and extends out in front of the rubber, he throws and extends out further than most other guys at his size, meaning he's releasing the pitch closer to home plate than a guy standard at we'll call him six foot two, right? Uh, he goes out there and extends further, which means his fastball and his stuff plays faster than the actual radar gun says. So his fastball at 96 miles an hour actually looks closer to 97, 98 miles an hour to a batter because of his extension rate. So all these things uh, added together, um, you know, that's why we're talking about him in the All-Star game. That's why we think he should start the All-Star game. And if he has a second half like he had the first half, that's why you might see him win that Cy Young. I love, I love that you said that because that's one of the things I find most fascinating about pitching and, and, and about like the game of baseball, like this pitching versus, you know, hitting, uh, you know, like boiling it down to like that beautiful thing um, is because, I mean, it's, it's two people at their most elite uh, against each other. You know, it is yeah. pitcher versus batter and, uh, you know, again, very, very simplifying it. Um, but that is so interesting because, th like, that gives him a leg up on the batters. And yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know, like, how do you develop that? Is that something that you just, like, like, do you have to swing your legs further? Do you have to, like, extend your arm out? Like, how do you get a higher extension rate? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And it's really tough. The, the real easy way to explain a better extension rate would be reach out toward the catcher further when you release the pitch. Now, it's easier said than done. Um, young pitchers who try to get further out front, they do it by long tossing, going out there playing catch at a very long distance. And that'll help you with your mechanics. Uh, get over your front side is kind of the key term. Now, what Shane does well is he gets over his front side, but when you see his mechanics on the mound, he actually pushes off the rubber about five, six inches before he releases the pitch. That's natural. That is something you cannot teach, and that's God-given, and that's something that Shane has done his whole life. And, you know, that's what one, just one thing of the many that make him special. Uh, he's very athletic to be able to repeat that type of delivery, that push-off, uh, and it also shows that he utilizes the lower half a lot. So, you know, his mechanics in general are very conducive for a high extension rate, but the fact that he can push off the mound, you know, those five or six inches every single time he throws, that helps a lot. And uh, all those factors together gives him that added bonus of, you know, perceived velocity is what a lot of people call it, or is what it's called. Uh, when you compare actual velocity to what the perceived velocity is by adding in the extension. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure the way that he pushes off that is like also kind of saving his arm a little bit, you know, like making sure to use that lower half um, and, and really like p push that power through his hips and legs, kind of saving, um, saving his arm a little bit there as well. Uh, obviously, we could both talk about this all day. I think Shane McClanahan is incredible. Do you think that he's getting the national attention that he deserves? Um, no, probably not just because, you know, this is still a young guy. This is still, um, a guy who is, you don't want to say getting his feet wet at the major league level, cause he's had a lot of success already, but he hasn't had, you know, five years of built up success to where everybody knows him. Uh, he's still getting his name out there in a sense, but I'll tell you what, uh, the fact that he has gone out there and absolutely dominated the first half of the season and done it against everybody else's ace. Uh, his name is going to be out there uh, throughout this year. And by the end of this year, I mean, he's going to be known as one of the top pitchers, if not the top left-hander in the game. It doesn't seem like Shane really cares, like what people are saying about him. Uh, do you think that, that uh, I mean, in terms of like, he's going to go out and take care of business and do his job. And if the accolades come, they come. Obviously, it would be great for them to come, but but I don't think it doesn't seem like it impacts him in terms of like the way that he's going to handle his business. Right. Uh, again, like that just kind of goes to his maturity. How much do you think, though, it would mean to him at this young age to be named the all star or, or, you know, to name them starter of the all star game to be to be to get some of these accolades that he clearly um, has a shot for? I think that Shane has the perfect mentality for a high leverage, high end, um, I guess, number one uh, of a rotation. And the reason I say that is because he doesn't really care about the accolades. He comes across as saying, hey, you know what? Uh, I would love to have them, but it's not what I'm going for. He wants a World Series ring. Uh, that's a maturity thing. And that's something that comes usually later on in your career, uh, knowing that it's team first and uh, with Shane, you know, that's who he is, right? He goes out there and he's not doing it for the Cy Young. He's not doing it to start the All-Star game. He's doing it because his team needs him out there to pitch every fifth day and dominate. And he's also doing it because he knows he can. Um, and, and that just makes him better, right? That just makes him the guy that you want at the top of your rotation. And by having that attitude, 
he's going to have the accolades coming. Uh, he's he's going to have a stacked up trophy room by the end of his career. And, you know, it, it's just, it's very nice and refreshing to see a guy who doesn't go out there to try to promote himself, but instead tries to promote the team. Now, you know, I, I do think it would be special to him if he's able to start the All-Star game. Um, I don't think he's going to be crushed if he doesn't. I think it's something that down the road he'll be able to reflect on and, and think back to these type of things and say, wow, I can't believe I was able to do that. That was so much fun, you know. But during the course of his career at this point in time, I don't see him sitting back and saying, well, this is what I have to do. Uh, I have to win this trophy. I have to get this. I have to win this award. He's, he wants a World Series ring. I, I, that is his number one goal right now. That's the team's number one goal, and uh, that's why he's one of the best leaders on that team. And he truly is. Again, even at a young age, he's a very great leader on this team um, because, <clears throat> because he does take winning so seriously. Um, even after his after his performances, he'll like analyze himself and he'll put up, you know, eight strikeouts and not have any walks and have this just dominant performance. And he'll like in the fourth inning, I had this one pitch and it was a little bit outside and I'm just frustrated by, you know, and it's, he's, he is very, uh, critical of himself because he wants to be the best that he can be for his team and for himself. Um, and so, uh, I, I, I think just kind of rounding out on Shane a little bit here, what do you think, obviously like a continuation of the first half, but if there's any, maybe like advice or any thought that you would have to give him towards the second half of the season, what, what does that look like? Yeah. Don't change a thing. (laughs) Keep going out there and doing exactly what you're doing. Um, you know, it's funny and I joke, jokingly say that but it's true because you know Shane is the type of guy who always wants to get better always wants to continue to succeed and you know the one trap that you can fall into is trying to get trying to do more than you need to right instead of sustaining uh, where you're at you know he's pitching at such a high level if he can go out there and just continue to do what he's doing you know this throughout this entire first half into the second half uh, he's going to put this team right where it needs to be, and he can put this team on his back and really, really be the uh, be the number one in that rotation that they were hoping he was going to be going into this year. Uh, and, boy, you, we just talked about the accolades. If he does what he did in the first half all throughout that second half, he'll be racking up some of those trophies and accolades. For sure, for sure. Okay, so zooming out to the Rays' first half of the season, what has impressed you? Uh, obviously, that they've they've overcome a lot of things. Um, but what's what's been most impressive to you about the Rays in this first half? That has to be it, right, Kaylee? I mean, it has to be the way that they've persevered through the amount of injuries that they have had. I mean, at one point in time, they had 17 guys on the IL. I, that is just – it blows my mind that they were able to go out there and get 50-plus wins in the first half of the season uh, before All-Star break with – that many guys injured and it's not like these guys are the ones on the bench that you know very sparingly get in playing time I mean they go out there and they've been missing you know Brandon Lau for a majority of the first half Wanda Franco has been uh hit or miss because of his injuries so far this first half uh you look at the rotation you know Shane Boz went down early and now you know we got news that he's going back on the IL or is back on the IL uh, Jeffrey Springs hit the IL, you know, going through the bullpen. I mean, you got arms all over the place who have been going down, JP Firerise and Andrew Kittredge. These are all key guys that Kevin Cash relies on in key situations of every game. 
and he's had to do, you know, basically a lot of shuffling to be able to make it work. And he has, um, I would argue that this is Kevin Cash's best managerial season. And I know for a look in 2020, he went to the world series. Uh, the reason that you would argue that is because of all the adversity that the team has had to go through already. Um, you know, those injuries are not easy to make up for. And this is a roster that utilizes every single guy on the active roster in every game to go out there and succeed. And so when anybody gets hurt, it's very tough because you're asking other guys to step up into that role and be successful. But I'll tell you, they've done it. They've done it very well in the first half. And if they can just get a few guys healthy and a few things going their way in the second half, you know, watch out because they haven't been full strength. I mean, they haven't even been 75% strength and they're doing what they're doing. So if you can get them up to 90, 95% strength, I mean, this is a team that could really go far in October. For sure. Uh, and, and, I, and I think that's what is so exciting about them and the upside. And, and what will be exciting about the second half of the season is because there is, uh, you know, we're starting to get more of these guys back into the lineup, back healthy. Um, and so, yeah, come come late, later this summer and into yep. August, September, it's going to be really good to see this team kind of clicking on all cylinders. Now, there is there is the beast to the north. Um, do you think that – I don't even – what do the Rays need to do? And does it matter if they, if they you know, win the division? Or obviously that's what they would want to do. But does it matter yeah. if they win the division? Or like, hey, just go out there and like get the get the wild card. Like that, that's fine. Just like right. do that. You know, I love the fact that you don't even want to say the Yankees name. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I'm with you. Hey, I, I'm with you, Kaylee. Very nice. Way to work around that. We don't even want to give them credit on the podcast. Um, we can go ahead and say, yes, they are walking away with the division. They're the best team in baseball on paper. Right. The first half that they've had is just remarkable. Um, they're hitting more home runs than everybody else. They're giving up less runs than everybody else. They're pitching better than everyone else. OK, we understand. That's fine. You know, if they win the division and it looks like they will, this is very early on to say that. But if they do, you know, that's fine. We just need to get into the dance. We just need to get a position in the playoffs. And that's where we can start making our mark. You know, as the wild card team, that's fine. Um, the way we match up with everybody is very good. You know, with how versatile the Rays lineup is, with the arms that they have on the starting staff, um, the addition of Corey Kluber with his veteran leadership on that staff, you know, the way that Shane's throwing the ball, McClanahan, you got Rasmussen. I mean, you got a lot of guys to really like uh, to set the tone, right? And it's all about pitching and defense. You talk about the defense, um, we got guys all over the map that are playing different positions doing extremely well. You know, Taylor Walls is really settling in now at shortstop with Wander out. Um, and both those guys, when Wander does come back, is cool glove caliber. Taylor Walls is an elite defender as well. So you got those two, Brandon Lau back in the infield. You got Yanni Diaz playing third base, doing a great job. So the defense is set, right? The defense is doing very well. Pitching and defense will get you far in October. Now the offense is coming around. Right. The first half of the season struggled because it was just inconsistent with health. You couldn't get the same guys out there. It was tough to get people on track. You did have certain guys step up in big ways. Harold Ramirez was remarkable the first half. I love that guy. He is awesome on and off the field. I can't get enough of that dude. He, he's great. Um, Yanni Diaz has been tremendous. G-Man Choi. You know, these guys have all stepped up in a big way. Uh, a Rosarena. But now you got an offense that's rolling. You got Brandon Lau back, your best power hitter. 
Uh, hopefully Yandy or Wander at some point in the second half will come back and really start hitting the ball. So all these things going, all you have to do is get into the postseason, and that's where you'll make your move. And that's where I think they're eyeing. As long as they're in the hunt, they're going to be happy. And, you know, th- that's what they're in right now. So hopefully they'll continue. Do you think that the Raves make any big moves before the trade deadline? And to, you know, like we, we saw them add that offensive piece in Nelly Cruz last. Do you think that that they make any even it doesn't ever have to be like that big of a move, but like any subtle moves, any any things that they're going to do, try to pick up depending on health before the trade deadline? You know, showing that they were willing to get Nelson Cruz last year and trade a guy like Joe Ryan, who is a big pitching prospect, that shows that they will make moves if they believe in the guys that are out there uh, to really make a difference. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see that this year. I know picking up an arm for the staff would be big. You know, starting rotation arm would be great. Um, always looking for bullpen arms. You know, every team is always looking for a bullpen arm. So if you can get an added bullpen arm, that would be tremendous. Uh, it, you know, so it just has to be the right fit. These guys are geniuses on the way that they piece together a roster. And, you know, how a certain player fits into that roster is going to be key. I don't see them trading a lot. I don't see them giving up a lot to get somebody because, you know, as of right now, we're still slated to be in the playoffs if you don't change a thing. And you got some guys coming back who are going to be healthy. So, um, you know, to say we're going to make a huge move, I, you know, I, I would, I would think that that's less likely um, to make any moves. Yeah, I could see us making some moves. We already got Christian Bethencourt. I think that was a good addition. You know, behind the dish to have him catching. Uh, Andy's shown some ability on offense as well to have some hard contact. So that was a good addition right there. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're done. I think they're still looking on the market, but they definitely won't give up too much because they got a lot of good things going on right now. They for sure do. And it will be really exciting to see what they're doing in the second half. Uh, okay. Oh gosh. Well, you need to leave soon anyway. Uh, oh. <laughs> do I check what time right? it is. Don't you need to leave by 1130? Um, yeah, 1130, 1140. We're good. Okay. Um, Okay, Doug, getting into kind of the future of the Rays, uh, we had the MLB draft on Sunday night, uh, and the Rays were able to pick up some guys, but but I'm kind of dialing in on this first pick that they had. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you maybe like about him? Yeah, Xavier Isaac, um, you know, a couple of things that you like is the raw power. You know, this is a guy that goes out there and just absolutely crushes the ball during batting practice, um, you know, just reading all the scouting reports, doing some research on him, you know, very young guy, right. 18 year old coming out of high school and uh, not a huge track record, had an injury last year. So didn't get a ton of reps against quality pitching. So it always is a little bit harder and more guesswork when you don't have a big track record on guys like this, but, um, but you also want to look at the ceiling and the ceiling for this guy is tremendous. I mean, the power alone, uh, I haven't seen him hit BP, but as soon as I as soon as I hear he's around, I'm going to go make sure to uh, to watch because it's supposed to be electric. Uh, so the raw power is there. Um, they like the athleticism about what he brings to the field. You know, most likely a first baseman, power corner guy, um, left-handed bat. So a lot to like about him. But again, it's more about projecting out you know the future and how good this guy can be down the road. Uh, a lot of people are comparing him maybe to a Josh Bell who has electric stuff, you know, from the batter's box, has tremendous power as well. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully he can, you know, 
eventually get to that point. But uh, it's always tough on these guys. You're, you're guessing how somebody is going to look three, four, five years down the road. And, you know, I, I'm glad I'm not a scout because they have a tough job on their hands. But the race scouts do such a tremendous job with it. Uh, I'm excited to see this kid in person. They really do. Uh, th their farm system in general, we've talked about this before, is, is just incredible. I do want to rewind a little bit. Take me back to your draft. Uh, and, and for you, what was that? What were the emotions like? What was that experience like for you? Yeah, well, it's totally different from what you see now. I mean, now you, they're all in L.A. They're all sitting at the tables, you know, getting announced, coming up on stage. I got drafted in 99. I don't even think we had a computer to look at to know if we were getting drafted. You want to know how old it was? How about this? Uh, the day of the draft, they were telling me, you, you always get a range as a prospect saying, hey, look, we really like you. Expect to go within you know, the second round to maybe the eighth, tenth round, somewhere in there. And so you have no idea when you're going to get a call, if you're going to get a call. Um, you try not to get your hopes up too much. You're just waiting around. And so this is how old I am. We went to Blockbuster and rented three different movies. And we were going to sit around all day and just wait for the phone to ring. And so uh, popped the first movie in. I think it was Indiana Jones. And I started watching the first movie and uh, I get a call from the race. You know, they tell me I got selected uh, 85th pick overall, first pick in the third round. And come to find out, um, Josh Hamilton was picked in the first round by the race. Carl Crawford was a second rounder. And then I was the third rounder. So um, it, it was really cool um, when I got that call. You know, it, it was one of those things that uh, you just realized how blessed you are. Uh, because it's a culmination of work, you know, and not realizing if your dream's going to make it and come true and you're going to have the opportunity to pursue, you know, professional baseball. Um, all that kind of come together in one phone call, and uh, it was very special. So, yeah, I'll remember it like it was yesterday, even though it was a little while ago. I love that. I love the Blockbuster reference, the Indiana Jones reference. That's so great. That is um, – I'm sure that was really special and hopefully is special for – uh, a lot of guys yesterday and some more Rays, uh, you know, future players uh, this upcoming uh, day and in the next few days. Um, sorry, burp there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Doug, uh, I'm going to I'm going to leave you with uh, an, an, a, a little bit of a different version of the final countdown. I know we've done this before. So, uh Here's what I'm going to ask. If, if you could describe, or if, you know, I've, I've asked you before, like the Rays, describe them as a team, as another person. Okay. So, but what I'm going to do is, is say the, the pitching staff, like just the, you know, the starting rotation and the bullpen. If they're a person uh, and you're describing them, like either who would they be? How would you describe them? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to combine the starting rotation and I'm going to combine the bullpen and I'm going to throw you a name that, uh, it's probably cause I just watched the movie last night. How about, uh, Rocky Balboa? Okay. <laughs> this is why I'm going to say that because, uh, they're going out there and they're taking a lot of punches so far this year, right? With the injuries, they, they are taking a lot of punches and they're just withstanding the fight they're going out and they're continuing to battle 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 and i see them at the end you know coming up with victories because of the way that they persevere uh through the fight right and they go out there and they continue you know maybe it's an injury here it's a guy who struggles here either way they're able to step up to the challenge and 
and end up victorious. So how about a Rocky Balboa uh, comparison right there for your Tampa Bay Rays staff? I love it. That's impressive, (laughs) man. I love that. That is so Well, I saw the movie last night, so it popped into my head. And uh, yeah, there you go. That's great. That's great. I also love that you're like a low key movie guy. Is there yeah. what's a, what's a movie you've seen recently that you're like into? Oh, you know, I'm all the 80s movies. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I, I like the 80s. Um, you know, if you're going to ask me my major or my, I guess, favorite movies, it starts with like Major League. Okay. Um, movies like that. Caddyshack are always amazing. Um, but I mean, look, Top Gun 2 just came out and I had to go see that in the theaters. That is one of the best, uh, sequels I've ever seen. So, uh, how about that? You know, Top Gun 2 is probably the last movie I've seen and I wouldn't mind going to see that again before it goes, uh, out of the theaters because it was awesome. Okay. I have to add that to my list. I haven't seen it yet. So, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go over the next few days. I've got some time because, uh, we, we don't have the rays on the air, but, uh, Doug, thank you so much for your time. I'm really excited to see the Rays in the second half, and I am hoping that uh, Shane McClanahan gets his right privilege and right. is named the starter for the All-Star Game. Uh, so hopefully we get to, to see him show out uh, later this week. Fingers crossed. I agree with you. He should be the starter. I'm with you, Kaylee. Thanks, Doug. I so appreciate you taking the time. Of course, this is fun. Anytime you ever need anything. My thanks to Doug for everything uh, and for getting to sit and chat with me. Really appreciate him. And I hope that you guys both enjoyed this episode, but also that you learned something because I think that he provided a ton of really great insight and analysis into Shane McClanahan. Thank you guys so much for listening. Send this to a friend who you think would get something out of it. And I will see you guys next week. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers today or exploretoyota.com and take advantage of the amazing deals on our full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places.